Hey everyone, and welcome back to the podcast. Jessica Stevens here. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much for tuning in for another Now What Wednesday. I am so grateful for each and every single one of you who comes back week after week to hear these amazing stories from our wonderful guests who share a time when life came at them and they had to figure out how to move forward from there. And this weekend, this week's episode is no different. Today on the show, my high school friend, Radhika, is coming on the podcast to talk about a very challenging story of losing her first son very late in her pregnancy. So trigger warning, if this episode is not something that you can personally listen to at the moment, I want to invite you to hit stop and maybe come back later when you are in a space in which you can listen. But if you think that you can listen to this episode today, I welcome you to take in Radhika's story and use it as a tool for you to maybe figure out your own next steps and now what as you move through your grief process. So without further ado, I'm going to tell you a little bit about Radhika and her story. She is a thought leader in the world of conflict resolution and the power of human transformation. Everything she shares comes from a rich history of overcoming personal Armageddons, as well as her professional expertise in the field of human conflict resolution for almost 20 years. Radhika is a family lawyer, mediator, children's lawyer, and former court-appointed dispute resolutions officer. After a decade of having her own private practice, in 2019, Radhika began the greatest experiment of her life. She began coaching lawyers, co-parents, and entrepreneurs on how to feel more focused and fulfilled through inner transformation. The teachings began to take on a life of their own with jaw-dropping results in 2021. Her heart left the room and Radhika left her lucrative family law practice to teach the art of personal transformation full-time. Rad's greatest joy is helping others have peace-filled and abundant lives by making the profound more practical. She adores children, has two boys of her own, ages 9 and 7, and is married to her high school sweetheart. So without further ado, let's get to the now what. Have you ever had a situation happen in your life that you weren't expecting, good or bad, and said to yourself or out loud, oh my gosh, I just fill in the blank, now what? Me too, friend, me too. I've had quite a few actually, and in the moment, I never knew what I was gonna do next. Of course, I had to figure it out, sometimes the hard way, but I did figure it out. So join me and some amazing guests this season as we all share our own, I just blank, now what stories, so we can all learn from their transformational lessons to help us all answer that lifelong and often paralyzing question, now what? Hey friends, are you having a I just feel sluggish now what moment? Me too. And when I'm feeling a little low and need to pick me up, I turn to the Arbon 30 Days to Healthy Living program to help me reset. It's not a diet, it's a lifestyle. The 30 Days to Healthy Living acts as a reset in establishing healthy habits so you can get more energy and feel fit with clean vegan nutrition. Arbonne's mission is to empower people to flourish with sustainable, healthy living. So the 30 Days to Healthy Living set and program are specifically designed to do just that. 
It helps you identify foods that might not be serving your body well while you focus on adding nutrient-dense, plant-based whole foods into your daily routine, creating sustainable habits for a healthy lifestyle that lasts. So if you want to get started on your path to healthy living with our number one nutrition set featuring nine plant-powered products that make healthy living easy, head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com and click on the Healthy Living tab and check out the program. Join me each month as I help dozens of people feel fit and their best with this amazing program. It's definitely not a diet, it's a lifestyle. And if you wanna live well and feel fit, join us on the next 30 days to healthy living. So head over to jessicastevenstoronto.arbon.com, check out that healthy living tab, and let's help you go from feeling sluggish to feeling great. Good morning, Rad. Good morning. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to see your beautiful face here on my screen. You know, we we are longtime high school friends and lost touch after we both left that wonderful institution. Um, <laughs> and, you know, this is the thing that I love about social media is it actually is a way for you to reconnect with people that you've lost touch with in life. And it's my favorite thing about social. So thank you, Instagram, for reconnecting us. <laughs> I know it definitely has the pros and cons and that's one of the pros. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Yeah. All right. So, well, I knew you way back when, but um, a lot has obviously changed in your life. I just read your wonderful bio to the listeners, but I always want guests to share a little bit about themselves in their own words. Like what is the most important thing that you want people to know about you? Wow. <laughs> most important thing about me. I think what allowed me to do this transition in the work that I do and even serving as a lawyer in the capacity that I did for almost 15 years is I'm like a constant sponge. Like I'm always learning. I'm always growing. And I experiment everything that I talk about and teach about on myself and have an insatiable appetite for information and experiences and learning. And yeah, I think that's what really creates this momentum in my life. I love that. Me too. I didn't really love school when we were in school. I don't know about you, but I was not like a stellar student. But now yeah. in, as an adult, like this, I feel is like the time of my life. I'm like, I just want to learn all of it. And like yeah. reading for like, I was never a reader. And now I'm like, I got 17 books on the go. Right? That's amazing. That's like, really amazing that you picked it up later, the reading. I'm trying to get yeah. my husband reading now. <laughs> I was We're like, getting there. Because my, my sister was the bookworm and I was like the social butterfly as the labels that we got as kids. Yes. And I'm like, reading, I'm like, I got too many things going on. I don't have time for reading. But I'm so glad that I'm an hour reader. So yeah, same yeah. thing with you. Very much a sponge. All right. Yeah. So I'm not going to talk too much anymore because you have a big story to share with us today. And mm. I want to give you all the space to do that. And it's one that you actually have not shared publicly in this kind of way before. So obviously people know that you lost your first child, you know, but you've actually never shared your story on a platform. So I'm so grateful for you to come on the show and share this story with us mm. and kind of walk through what happened and then mm. the now what, like what you did after that tragic, you know, experience for you and your family. So I'm going to, I'm mm. going to shut up. I'm going to let you take it away. I love hearing you talk, but thank you for this space. Yeah. As I was, you know, preparing for today, I thought the same thing, like I've never formally shared 
a detailed version of what happened. And But what's kind of cool is that all the other podcasts I've ever done or all the platforms I have spoken on were built on the story because I always say like the transformation I teach now came from my own rising out of the ashes, you know, as we mm-hmm. say, like the loss of a child. I mean, you know, I've been around for 41 years and I would, I would, you know, go on a limb to say that I think it's probably the, or one of the worst human experiences one could have. I've had friends who lost babies who also had breast cancer and they're like, Oh, I would do breast cancer 10 times over if I could get my child back. Like it, mm-hmm when we compare it, there is just this connection that forms even when the baby is in the womb, that it's like a big nerve being severed. And so thank you for allowing me to share the story because it is definitely one that's brewing in me. And I'm actually in the process of writing a book about this. So it is definitely a story. My soul feels like it needs to say to help parents who have lost children or people who have lost people. I lost my older sister for lack of better labels, two years ago, right at the beginning of COVID to breast cancer. So loss is loss is loss, definitely at some level, and it's immeasurable. And for us, it was a really life-changing moment. You know, people talk about spiritual awakenings and turning points, and it wasn't my first big one. My first big one was definitely when my parents moved to Africa when I was 16, and I was living on my own. But I thought I'd kind of nailed life by that point. You know, I became a manifester at 17. I had a connection to spirit. I had this connection to life that I wanted to tell everybody about. You know, it's the student who wants to share the good book. And then I went to law school. That was another manifestation. I got into my dream law school at Osgoode in Toronto. Never in a million years thought that was even in the realm of possibility. Just so many great things were happening. I married my childhood sweetheart, who I took to prom at our high school that we shared. And so when we got pregnant on the first shot, I was like, oh, my God, this is great. Like, life is great, right? This is easy peasy. And um, we were pregnant maybe five weeks and then maybe six, who knows, and had a miscarriage. And so we were devastated and when our subsequent pregnancy happened on the first try again, when we were ready, just a few months later, maybe a couple months later, mm-hmm. it was pretty quick. We thought, okay, we're not going to tell people so quickly. You know, everyone waits the 12 weeks. And I thought maybe we'll wait a little bit longer just to be on the safe side. And I had an extremely healthy pregnancy, like really perfect, a huge level of appreciation and gratitude that, you know, I didn't have before because I realized, okay, this is not just easy peasy, you know, put a quarter and get a baby. And we had three baby showers and, you know, probably 200 people cumulatively at all the showers. I had more onesies than Walmart and we had a bag packed and everything was great. We had a 36 week or 35 week appointment with my, my midwife at the time we were living downtown Toronto and around close to 36 weeks, I went into labor. And ultimately, you know, it's a long story, but ultimately we thought, okay, early labor. I literally had a moment of panic because I hadn't transferred the trust money in my trust account as a lawyer to my the lawyer who's taking over. And my husband looked at me and he's like, are you really crying about your office? And I was like, you're right. <laughs> okay. 
And then we got it together and we got to the hospital. And by the time we got there, I was nine centimeters dilated. Like it was happening. And they determined that the baby was breech. So that means that you're not having a you know traditional delivery. And the OB came in and kind of took over for the midwife and um, started scanning, you know, to confirm with an ultrasound, like a rolling ultrasound in the room that in fact it was breached because they were about to give me a C-section. And it was really interesting because the control freak in me was like, okay, great. Like, what does this mean? C-section? Okay, cut me open. Let's, like, let's do it. Let's do let's it. Do it. Like, I want to see him. And as she was ultrasounding me and kind of like a trigger warning, you know, warning here for anyone, like she looked at me and, and perplexed and said, I'm sorry, there's no heartbeat. And I literally went from the most phenomenal moment of my life. Like, you know, there's drops in life, but it was like the peak moment of my life to the worst moment of my life in one sentence. And looking back, not to compare our losses, but this was like in a whole other category. You know, I often say to try to help people understand like the miscarriage felt like loss of a seed or the promise of a baby. And this was the loss of the baby. It was the mm -hmm. loss of the flower. So we were shattered. We were beyond shattered. And I remember saying to my mom, I didn't real like I thought I was a pretty savvy 31 year old lawyer who helped people who had been through loss and struggle, who knew life and understood with compassion. And I was like, I did not know that humans suffered at this level. Like it blew my mind to go to the grocery store and walk around and think, there are people in the grocery store right now who are this sad. Mm -hmm. I said to my friend who's a therapist that I feel like putting a sign on my forehead, like a post-it saying, please be gentle with me. I just lost a baby. And she was like, you can do that if you need to, like, right? But it just changed how I see the world, how I saw everything. But before the epiphany started, I went to a really dark place. I went to a really, really dark place for quite some time. And it was kind of crazy because two things simultaneously started happening. On one hand, I was in the darkest place in the world where walking, stepping out of bed was a monumental feat. Yeah. And at the same time, I was having these wild spiritual experiences that I couldn't explain. And the dark side was like, screw God and the mailing list I subscribe to, I am officially unsubscribing. Like if this is the list I signed up for, I'm off. Like I'm done. done. I'm done with the bullshit. I'm done with the theory of religion. I'm done. Like I asked every priest and pundit, like, what do you know about where my son is? Like, where is he? Like you guys talk a big game about life after death. You all do. So where is he? You spent your whole life studying this. You have nothing for me. And they had nothing. The priest that married us, bless his soul, like he was at our home for a ceremony at my parents' house because I literally then moved back into my mom's house. Yeah. Like, where does a child go back to her mom's house if she can, right? And um, my husband and I both moved in into my brother's old bedroom. And the priest was over one day for something that they had going on. My mom's like, do you mind if we haven't? And I was like, yeah, whatever. And I sat in the back of the room with my black clothes and postpartum belly and no makeup and hadn't showered. And I looked at him and I was like, did I kill somebody's baby in my past life? Like I was trying to understand the biggest existential questions of life. And he said, ah, it's karma. 
And he walked off and I'm like, what does that mean? It's karma. Like, but so how do I fix this? What do I do? And people kept saying to me, Rad, you're never going to know the answer to this. They would gently just say, you know, like, this is the question that people have been asking from the beginning of time. And I said, respectfully, like, I get it. And I hear what you're saying. And I'm not saying I'm going to get the answer, but I will die trying. I will die trying. And I think for anyone listening, when you're in the middle of an Armageddon, the most powerful thing you can do is use that fuel, that desire to connect, to know, to solve, to heal, to rise, whatever you're feeling, ask the big questions. Because what I learned was that every single question I had got answered within six months, every single one and more. I had a medium that was referred to me that I was very hesitant to call. My RMT at the time was like, Rat, when you're ready, if you want, this is the real deal. And I was already pretty spiritual to begin with, but I don't think I would have called a medium it still was out of my comfort zone. And at that point, you're looking for your child. You will do anything. You will give up your spleen on a plate. Like yeah. you will do whatever. But Even what I was- For an ounce of an answer. You for an ounce. Picture, just like, just give me one piece of the puzzle. That's exactly it. And yeah. so what I was careful about and thank God I was, you know, pro- protecting myself a little bit was I was so shattered that I thought I'm so fragile right now. Like if someone blows smoke up my ass, I'll die. (laughs) Right. And I didn't think I was suicidal at the time. My family did put me kind of on an unofficial suicide watch, like whispering behind my back about who was leaving, who was going to be back by two. But now at this age, I realized I actually probably was in the realm of that vibe, which is not, I want to end my life, but I don't know why I'm alive. And it was actually a really big epiphany about suicidal energy. But so I had a medium connect to me and she changed my life. The level of information she knew was just mind blowing. I mean, part of the book will be the detailed transcript of this call. And I do have a transcript from 2011. I was a lawyer at the time, I was trained on cross-examination. I was like, you are not going to leave this witness. You are going, she was like, did you lose a baby? And I was like, tell me what you see. Like I was not feeding information to her. I was not nothing. And she explained so many things and confirmed so many things that set me off on this beautiful life trajectory. And she said to me, he's here. He's been here the whole time. And in fact, he stands to the right of you. And what she didn't know was, remember I said I had some wild spiritual moments in the dark moments. I used to hear a little baby boy's voice in my ear say, I'm okay, mama. I'll be okay. I'm okay, mama be okay like three or four times at separate occasions not like in my head like if you know if you close your eyes right now and you said pizza there's no location of the word this was in my right ear like I heard it from the right side of my body Mm -hmm. so three months later when I'm talking to this medium in Arkansas over the phone from my law office which I barely started coming back to it was like she's like he's to the right of you and my eyes were closed at that time and she didn't know that and she was like there's a picture of him in fact he wants you to see the picture of him on your like to the right of you. And I was thinking, what is she talking about? There's no picture of, I didn't take a picture of it. Like we have pictures of him at the hospital after the delivery, but those are buried deep in the closet in my home that no one's allowed to look at. What is she talking about? And then I opened my eyes and she says to me, it's black and white and gray. And it was this ultrasound picture in a frame that I forgot was on my desk. Like the level of accuracy, she's like, you're holding him in your left hand. 
with a pink blanket. I'm left-handed. He was in a pink blanket at the hospital. It was one of those two-tone baby blankets, but the pink side was facing up. Like nailed details. Saw two of my friends who had passed away in the last two years named their names. Like I see Sandra. She's showing something in her chest. Sandra had breast cancer. Like it was bonkers. And I thought, this is healing me. This is literally not only healing me, but my son ended up becoming my greatest teacher of my life. He taught me more than any human being without even taking one breath in this world. And at the towards the end of the call, she started to explain to me, she said, he's facing inwards, not outwards, which is really interesting because usually when a soul leaves, they are facing outward like they've exited. And I said, okay, what does that mean? And I had been reading a ton by this point, remember like the bookworm. So I was reading, but not accepting anything to be true or false. I was just like skeptical and analytical lawyer, right? Data, data, lawyer, data analysis, right. exactly. And a lot of mediums at that point were talking about how women who lose babies in pregnancy or early infant loss, most of the time, those souls come back to the same mom and that they left because of a timing reason or to create an opening in the mother to kind of change who she is, the trajectory, right? Like even my miscarriage changed who I was, this loss changed, I mean, yeah, almost everything. A whole new person, yeah. Exactly. And so that made a lot of sense to me. But when I'm on, when I was on the phone with this medium, Charlotte in Arkansas, she said, he's coming back to you. It means he's coming back to you. Let's ask him. And so she's asking him and she's like, yeah, he's going to come back in your next pregnancy. And long story short, a year later to the same exact due date, I had another baby boy which Charlotte also confirmed he would come back as a boy. Let's just let that sit for a second. So we're I know. Gonna I was like, let's just jump you, on that for a moment. What you just said and like take all of that in. What a miracle. What a miracle. What a miracle. The same and birthday. Same due date. They were both due on September 7th. So literally on Mother's Day a year later, I was exactly the same as far along as I was the year before on my husband's birthday, I was exactly as far along as I was the year before. And he, Arian came at 20, 38 weeks. So two weeks later, Okay. the loss was on August 4th. My son was born on August 22nd, but even the name that we had saved the name. And this is the last little synchronicity I'll share with you because there's so many details around it, which is why this is turning into a book, but this one's pretty phenomenal. We had decided on the name Arian, A-R-Y-A-N, which means noble hearted one. And when we were at the hospital and they were drawing up the death certificate, I didn't even know my own name. So when they asked me what name did we want to put, I was like, do we have to decide this right now? And and Mandeep's like, should we put Aryan? And and I my husband and I was like, No. I feel like that name is for a living, breathing person. I felt so guilty almost. Like it's not that I don't want to I felt like what am I? I don't want to waste the name, but it was like I had the sense that it is for a breathing, living boy, and I can't use that name right now. So when we were pregnant again, and we confirmed that it was a boy in an ultrasound, which we knew instinctively, like the nurse was like, do you want to know? And we were both like, we know it's a boy. We, we know. just know. Yeah. It's, he's coming back. Like at that point, I was so sure, but in my mind, body, soul, like it didn't matter what the medium said. I could feel it. And so... When they said it was a boy, my husband said, are we going to use the name Aryan that we saved? And I was like, absolutely. And he was like, really? Well, we have so much time to think about it still. Like, And I was like, have you lost your mind? Like, my son is literally, literally coming back from the other side. That is going to be the name. 
And he was like, you're so stubborn, right? And he like muttered out of the room. And I was like, whatever, man, when you push him out of your vagina, you can name it, right? <laughs> you can have a call. Yeah, you can get the, you can get the naming rights. Right? right. I was having a little hormonal moment. And so later that same day, it was the day after the ultrasound, I was craving a McDonald's cheeseburger, as many pregnant women do. And I was very determined to get it. And I was at Leslie and Seven in our old hood in Markham. And I missed the speaker at the drive-thru. And I was like, oh, God, you're so absent-minded. Like, ugh whatever, no big deal. I was going to get this cheeseburger. So I went around the parking lot and I come around and this other car kind of beats me to it and gets in line in front of me. And I was like, whatever, no big deal. And in front of me, the license plate on the car, A-R-Y-A-N. My jaw is on the ground. I take a picture really quickly. I'm at window two, one ping. This person's at window two picking up their burger. And I send my husband a picture and I was like, are we still going to debate the name? And he was like, no, no. Yeah. There it is. Yeah. Wow. So a year later, he returns to you. A year later, he returns. And yeah, I mean, the stories are endless. He remembered what happened when he was two. He told me about how his heart stopped when he was in my womb the first time. Do you remember, Mama, my heart? And the medium had said to me he had congenital heart failure. That's how he left. Like just all kinds of crazy stuff that confirmed over and over. And, and here I'm thinking, this changed my life. Like, I think one of the greatest fears that we have as humans, correct me if I'm wrong, is we're afraid of death. And we're afraid of our loved one's death, perhaps even more than our own. And to think that there are so many parents grieving out there or individuals who are grieving out there who could use this information, you know what I mean? As part, a little part of their healing journey blew my lid and there is nothing you know it taught me that your biggest loss could become your biggest miracle you know and if you and if you'd said that to me at the time of the loss I would have thought you were crazy because you can fix a lot of things you can fix a home renovation issue you can fix a loss of a job you can fix a broken leg my child is gone there is nothing you can do about that you know so many people were like oh you'll have another baby and it's sometimes it's kind of the worst thing you could say to people. You know, I was somehow not in a triggered energy at the time. Like I could really feel how much everyone was loving me and trying to just say whatever they could and that there was really nothing they could say that would help bring him back. But it's not about having another one for me. It wasn't, it, I was like, I know him. I know his energy. He was in me. He lived in me for so long. Like I said to my mom, you have three kids. If one of us pops off, like you're good, you've got two more, you're okay. Like we're all so different. We don't replace each other. And to have that come back, you know, changes how I coach people. It changes how I teach. It changes what I share because I know the universe is always able and willing to bring back whatever it is that you desire or bring to you whatever it is that you desire, even if you think it's completely impossible absolutely absolutely okay so you have him back he comes back to you one year later what's motherhood like for you now like when he was born again my god such a great question i'll tell you jess like every single day every single day for the first at least year of his life me and my husband would look at each other as we're like ooing and cooing and eyeing over him and he would look at me most of the time and say, do you think it would have been this sweet? And I'm like, no, 
And the next day, we went ooh and coo, never missing a bath. We did everything together. Every poop was exciting. Every pee-pee diaper, nothing was a problem, nothing. And I vowed to myself, because, you know, motherhood's hard. And I and they take a lot of time. And, like, they suck you dry sometimes. That's how it feels. And I just vowed to myself that this is such a gift. This is what I've always wanted. And I will never roll my eyes when I hear mama, mama, you know, and I don't know that I've been perfect at it, but God, it's changed me. It has changed me. The level of gratitude that you have for your children has just like yeah. exponentially grown. Yeah. For these two for life. That you have. Yeah. That's it. For the kids, for life, for other people's kids. And personally, it shifted me, but also professionally, it changed so much. One of the best questions I ask and I always say to for my to myself and anybody that's listening is when you're in the shitters, ask, what is this here to teach me? What is the lesson? Not from a punishment energy, but from a what is my soul school trying to teach me here? And when I close my eyes after the loss, and even to this day, if I were to ask, I got the consistent answer. I got two words, compassion and humility. And when I heard that for the first time, I thought, especially before Aryan came back, I was like, what do you mean? Compassion? Like, was I not a compassionate person before? But that's never it. It's always about your soul's desire to go deeper. That's what I've experienced. Yes, I was compassionate, but I have a whole other compassion box. It's like the video game where you like clear a level and then like this whole other part just opens up and you're like, oh, I thought I was, I thought I was like the shit. (laughs) This, this is now like a challenge even bigger than, you know, me now. Right. So yeah, it's not about you weren't doing good at it before you, you got to the end, you found the princess, but now we're going to like level you up. Yeah. We're talking super Mario language. That's my kids. uh, jam. Totally. That was the game I was seeing too. And that's exactly it. It's like you're leveling up on compassion. You're leveling up on humility. And there were such valuable lessons to learn. And, you know, I, I think the learning is endless, but I think when we hang on to the lesson and honor it and really integrate it into our lives, I think that's what life is trying to get from us. Do you know what I mean? And give to us and allow us to become more of and so now I was this divorce lawyer, you know, with one, I, I, like I'd only had my practice for a year when we had the loss there. I went on to have another dozen years of practice and it changed everything about how I advised people, how I saw people, how I served them. Yeah. So much of your career success is actually born out of this tragic incident. Yeah. Blessing. Yeah. And it was no coincidence, of course, that I was a divorce lawyer and I was dealing with people and children. And I I shared the story a lot and it changed the energy in the room. It changed the way my client walked out of the door Mm -hmm. because I said to them, and I didn't even have to say it to them, but they'd be like, Rad, if you can get through that, I feel like I could get through this. And I would say, I know you're going to get through this. Like, here's the thing. I can see the end of the tunnel. The minute you walk into my office, I can already see it. And I would hold that vision for them when they couldn't see it. Hard, hard, hard days of going through the process of divorce and family and 
separation and custody and all the things that come with all of that. Yeah. I think so many people need that person in their life, guiding them through whatever stage that they happen to be going through. And if you, and you as a lawyer, yes, you're going to take care of them in their best interest financially and property wise and, and all of that stuff that really does matter, but really hold their hand and say, you as an individual, you as a human, you as a parent at the end of this, I got you, you will be set on a path for success. That's it. And it was such a joy, like to share it. You can imagine how it poured out of my heart. Like, how could I not talk about it? How could I not share tips and tools? Like I became a meditator and I was doing all this consciousness work on myself and reading all this great stuff and things that were just lifting me. And how could I not have extra stacks of books in my office that I'd hand out to clients? How could I not, you know, like share these little tits and bits. And over time, clients would come back even after their cases were over for that. And we didn't even know what the, that was, right? We were like, but one of my clients, I'm like, Christine, I'm so sure that you're, we signed your separation agreement like 30 days ago. What's up? What like, is everything here? okay? What like, are what are you doing, doing here? here? <laughs> yeah. Like it is like the cake is baked. You are out the door. We've all enjoyed the cake. We're out. And she was like, I don't know, Rad. I just, I need you here for like the life stuff. Like that's, and what I realized was, and this is kind of my life's work now at this stage in my life. I mean, it will evolve. But understanding that most of the conflict we experience, if not all, in human relationships with our mother, with our neighbor, with our husband, with our ex-husband, and it applies obviously on gender on both sides of the gender here, is about the conflict that's happening inside of us. You know, as an actor, you know, I used to act for several years as a youngster and we would always read a script and say well what's the subtext as a mediator people would speak and my, i was trained to figure out well what is it that they really want what is underneath right they're saying and, this but what is it that they're really asking for exactly and when we speak when we get upset what is this really about what is it really about when my husband forgot the bananas two times in a row at the grocery store, you know, and I get upset about it. Is it really about the banana? It's probably me feeling like I can't handle all the things I need to handle or me feeling like an incompetent mom that I can't even just get bananas into my home for my child. And he's so skinny. And what if he doesn't gain weight and he loves bananas? Like there's a whole rabbit hole that is underneath the banana conflict. And when I was in the seat of dispute resolution expert, and I was a mediator as well, and a court appointed mediator, it was like, well, what is really happening here? Because we can divide property, we can divide assets and income. That's easy math. But that's just math, exactly. And what is preventing people from getting to that is not that they don't know how to do math or can't grab a calculator. It's because the conflict underneath hasn't been resolved. And there's a lot of traditional approaches to dispute resolution, which have so much merit, you know, like the classic getting to yes text would say, separate the people from the problem and just focus on the problem. And yes, in the short run, that works. But when your clients are still calling you weeks after the separation agreement is signed because Johnny forgot his lunchbox and dad put him to school in dirty underwear, 
you can't separate the people from the problem. You need to help heal the people in the problem. You need to heal the conflict in the people, and that's how you resolve the conflict. That's what I believe. Bar none. It's been quite a journey for you. It's been quite a journey. (laughs) So, So I love asking this question. Yes. Now what? Okay. So you're now, you know, you now have two beautiful living boys growing up and rambunctious. You have transitioned your career from being a divorce lawyer to now what? Yeah. So I left law in December of 2021 and I'm calling it a radical sabbatical, giving myself a cup. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, Maybe another book to really devote myself full-time to the coaching work that I'd started as a side hustle in 2019, coaching lawyers and coaching co-parents and coaching entrepreneurs. And then just the general crowd of people who wanted to be more mindful, be more conscious, be more lit up at the soul level. And it's funny because I don't really have a title for it and every day it changes. But, you know, somebody asked me at a party recently, like, what is it that you do? And I thought, I'm a soul activator. Like I help activate people at the soul level, which is getting your power back, realizing that you're creating this situation that you're in and that everything is happening for you. And that if you choose and accept the mission, the Mario mission, you can conquer us and you can up level at every stage. And so there's a huge spectrum of things I help people through, but A few of my clients are telling me their life grew. I'm like, I don't know if I can actually say that, but I appreciate it. Well, you have gone through some life, my friend. So if anyone can take the the title of guru, I'm going to put you in that column of, yes, she qualifies. Oh, well, thank you. But yeah, just help people wherever they're at. And most importantly, do the inner work of rewiring limited beliefs and thoughts and just heal so that... You come out on the other side with the golden nugget that that Armageddon was here to give to you, right? If I never process the grief of my miscarriages or my loss or the loss of my dad or whatever it is, you don't get the gift of the compassion and expanded humility mm-hmm. because you haven't experienced the grief that teaches you these things, right? So I walk people through anywhere that they are from like fully deep in conflict to bliss. And so it doesn't matter where you're at. I always say it's kind of like a garden. Your garden can be in complete shambles. Or it could be like, you know, I got a couple of vegetables growing. There's some weeds and I kind of like your garden better. You know, like wherever you are, I feel like I can tap into those stages and bring people right to elevated states of flow and bliss, which I've experienced and try to stay in as much as possible. So, yeah, it's a lot of fun. I'm doing what I love. And so happy to hear that. Thank you, Rad, for coming and sharing the story behind the story, right? That's what the show is about is, you know, what's some of those origin moments that led us to where we are now and, and what steps we took to get us to, you know, the now what's for everyone. And people listening to this episode may not have had a loss like yours. Mm-hmm. Many people We'll never even know what that's like, but a loss, mm-hmm. as you said at the top of the episode, a loss is a loss. And so it impacts all of us in different ways and moving through, but it's more of a something that triggered your spiritual awakening. 
And that could be anything for anybody. That could be, you know, the loss of a job, the death of a sibling, or, you know, moving across the country. Anything that changed in your life that triggered you to want to go deeper and level up at the same time. Feels very conflicting, right? Like, I want to go deeper, but actually you need to go deeper in order to level up. Totally. And you can jump on the elevation game at any stage. You don't have to wait for the shoe to fall off or shit to hit the fan. You can just decide if you're a keener like me that I think there's more and I want to know if there is, you know? Where can people find you? So you can find me on my website. We'll give you the full info, but probably Instagram is the best place because that links you to the website. So it's Consciousness with Rad on IG and the website's also consciousnesswithrad.com. So yeah, you can probably find everything you need there. Excellent. And if you had just three little nuggets Mm. of wisdom to share with people listening today who may or may not be going through loss or maybe, as you just said, are ready to kind of take that step, what do you want to share with them? You are so much stronger than you know. There is nothing that is stopping you from aligning to your deepest desires. And in fact, those desires are the desires of the universe and every single thing around you is colluding in your favor to get you there. Love it. Love it. Thank you so much for joining me today. I loved reconnecting with you and helping you share your story. And I'm looking forward to the book. I'm sure it's going to be a page turner um, (laughs) as you kind of go into a little bit more detail about this experience that you had with, you know, your first two sons. So yeah, everyone, thank you so much for tuning in and listening to another Now What Wednesday. If this episode resonated with you or if you know somebody who is going through something similar please, please, please share this episode with them. It just may help them figure out their own. Now what? Okay, that's it from us. We will see you next week for another episode. Bye-bye. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate it more than I can say. Did you love this episode of I Just Blank Now What? If you did, be sure to subscribe on your fave podcast platform. And if you're on Apple Podcasts, please leave a review. I do love reading them. And if you know somebody who's experiencing this story or something similar, please share this episode with them. It just might help them figure out the answers to their own now what questions. Have you recently had a now what moment and aren't sure what to do? Reach out to me at jessicastevens.ca and submit your story and I'll help you figure out what to do how to move forward and help you answer, now what? See you on the next episode.